Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to another episode of Hadaf Podcast. Um, today I've actually got a guest on and you know my interview skills are going to be put to the test but um, this is a dear sister to me so inshallah it wouldn't feel like an interview you're just going to get an insight into our conversations and we really 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 want this episode to be beneficial inshallah and and I you saw on the um and you saw on the title of this podcast, it's it's called It's Really Not Worth It. And I think the sister is one sister that can really encapsulate this topic to a T. And she, through her speech and through her actions, she really does embody that it's really not worth it. Um, I met this sister online and she started coming to our halaqas. And alhamdulillah, now we are halaqa buddies. Um, she is a revert from the States and she is very, very dear to my heart. I love her for the sake of Allah. And that's just the little introduction that will do her no justice. But inshallah, um, the guest I am interviewing, not interviewing, interviewing sounds a bit too formal. We're wafflers. So the guest I'll be speaking to today, the sister I'll be speaking to today is Khadija. Um, and as I said, we're, we know each other from our online halaqas. And today, inshallah, we're going to be talking about how this dunya and all its decorations is not worth it. Worth it. And how she, especially as a revert, can shed a light on it. And myself as well, we can talk about it and talk about what the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and what the Quran tells us about staying away from this dunya and not getting too indulged in it. So inshallah, that's what we're going to be talking about this episode. And I pray it's of benefit. So assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Khadija. Wa alaikum wa barakatuh, How are you? How are you? I'm good, alhamdulillah. How are you? Alhamdulillah. What time is it and where are you from right now? <laughs> um, It is 4.30 a.m. currently. I am in the States, of, as you said, more specifically, I am in St. Louis, Missouri. St. So Louis. Quite a ways away from you. 4.30, Allahu Akbar, man. What time is Fajr? Like um, I believe Fajr is at like 5.53, okay. but I am on my menses, so I just like to do... um at the time of prayer so it's not so hard for me to get back into it oh no way is that something that you regularly do yes wow Allahumma barik. that's dedication that's smart though that's like you know i only do it because it's hard for me to like i've mentioned this before i have adhd so i need to stay on like a certain schedule with certain things mm. or it's very hard for me to get back into it so i just like to do a little bit of dicker here and there or something your adhd is bringing you in hasanat it is alhamdulillah alhamdulillah um so just let's start it off with like um for uh i just said you are a revert so tell us what, how you got into islam what made you come into islam what intrigued you and just about your revert story if you'd like to share all righty so um originally i was pretty much borderline atheist i would consider myself agnostic i kind of had like a deep a very deep belief in god um deep down in my heart somewhere I feel like we all believe in God no matter what we say because when things start going wrong we're gonna start praying <laughs> but um for me I didn't really grow up with the religion um later on in life my mom um converted to Christianity I would go to church with her and stuff like that she kind of you know you make your kids go to church or wherever you go and as I got older she kind of stopped forcing me to go and I never really had any real belief in Christianity because a lot of it just didn't make any sense and whenever I would ask questions they would tell me oh just have faith 
and I feel like anyone who grew up in Christianity can attest to that. They will always tell you, oh, just have faith, just believe. And for me, I'm a very logical person. I am very stubborn. I'm not a follower. So I need something more than you just telling me to just have belief. Um, and what kind of brought me to Islam is my brother in 2020 had a bit of a psychotic break and he was um, put into a mental hospital for a little bit. And my brother lived in Chicago, which is like a state away from me. And we went to go pick him up and he stayed with us for about a month. And that was kind of a big test for me because I couldn't really be in my room. I've never lived with my siblings and I had two of them here with me in our two bedroom apartment. So it was a lot going on and I was already suffering from depression. So I kind of just made like a prayer and I was like, you know, if there is a God out there, like, please lead me to something. If I'm supposed to follow a religion, give me a religion. If I'm just supposed to do a spiritual type thing, I'll do that. <laughs> just lead me to something beneficial. And I started seeing like all these hijabis on my TikTok, on my Instagram, <laughs> on my YouTube. And I was like, what is this? Like, I knew about Islam, but I never really like actively thought about it. Alhamdulillah, I had no negative thoughts about Muslims. I just really mm. didn't think about them they didn't cross my mind um and I started seeing a lot of revert stories and I'm like okay what is a revert so I started watching um I remember one video that kind of really did it for me was a video by Aslima um she has a three-part revert story on hers the videos are very old I'm sorry my dog is drinking some water in the background <laughs> so I hope that's not gonna bother you guys but anyway um I started watching a lot of videos about why people were coming into Islam and why people were leaving Islam why people loved Islam why people hated Islam people who had a traditional view of Islam and what Islam really was um so I kind of wanted both sides of the coin I didn't just want to make any decision half-heartedly um and alhamdulillah I ended up sort of believing in Islam before I really started practicing. I was like, okay, this makes sense. People will talk about Allah and stuff like that, talk about monotheism. And I was like, okay, this makes sense. And I started wearing hijab. That was my first act of worship. Which before I you became a Muslim. Before I became a Muslim, before I even <laughs> thought about it, I just started wearing hijab. It started off as like a turban. <laughs> and then it slowly came down into like, it was covering my hair. I used to wear under cap and stuff, but like my neck and my ears are still out I didn't obviously know the conditions of hijab which most people don't um I kind of just went off of what I would see and this was as I said before I was really Muslim before I was actively thinking I was Muslim like I was working at a clothing store here called Kohl's at the time and I remember people would come up to me and they'd be like assalamu alaikum and I didn't know how to respond to that so I'll just be like assalamu alaikum <laughs> I would just repeat it back to them and I remember this one brother he was like do you know Arabic I was like, no, he's like figures and he just walked away and I was just like, oh, okay, <laughs> I guess. But um, after that, after I started wearing hijab, it took about like two years for me to like actually start practicing. Um, I ended up calling up my local massage and I talked to who is my now teacher, Aftab Ahman, may Allah reward him. Mm -hmm. um, um, I mm -hmm. talked to him, we had a conversation and he was like, okay, like, is anyone compelling you to be a Muslim? Is like, what, what's going on? You know, he asked me those basic questions. How did you come to Islam? Blah, blah, blah. Um, about a week later, I came to the masjid. I took my shahada, which was actually in Ramadan. Alhamdulillah. I stayed to, at the masjid. I think I went at like 1 p.m. and I stayed all the way to Tarawih, which was at like 
nine, I believe. And I stayed through all of that. And I remember the tattery that I went to was all buckled up. So I was like, <laughs> man, I'm tired. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just following these people. I don't know what they're saying. But I remember like the, and even if I didn't know what they were saying, like it would always hit me in my heart. Like I would just find myself crying. It's like, I don't even know what these people are saying. And I'm just sobbing in the back. Um, but I think... I think that's it for my revert story. It wasn't really anything crazy. Obviously, I still deal with like stuff from my family and stuff like that. But alhamdulillah. 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 It's beautiful. Uh, I love that. I love hearing reverts. It just inspires me. And I'm like, yeah, the boys, you know, we got another one. Alhamdulillah. Got another one. <laughs> <laughs> alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Well, that's really beautiful. And like the, the topic of today is like uh, chasing the this dunya and how, you know, mm-hmm. if you just chase this dunya, you're just going to end up tired like a dog. And I think the the hadith that comes to my mind when we talk about this topic is when the, um, the Prophet wasallam said that the one who makes his the dunya his concern, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will scatter their affairs and they will also lose the hereafter. But for the one that makes the hereafter their concern, Allah will put contentment in their heart and 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 bring them bring them to peace. And he'll also bring the affairs closer to the person. And not only yep. will he be successful in the akhirah, but he'll be successful in this dunya as well in terms of, you know, his tests and his affairs will be easy. And it's just like when we look at this, when we look at this, it's like Allah is telling us, if you focus on the akhirah, I will take care of your dunya. If you focus on this dunya, you will lose your akhirah and you will be running around like a, like a dog chasing its own tail in this dunya. Like there is no win when it comes to this dunya. But the thing is, it's so much easier said than done. Like we know yes. that this is, you know, we know that uh, whatever Allah says is the truth. Whatever the Prophet wasallam is the truth. We know this, but but it's so hard to actually put it into practice because this dunya, it has all the glitz and gam. It's calling us and it's pulling us from left, right and center. Like your test may be your family. My test might be my family in a different way. We've got these different gatherings. We've got these different circles. We've got this person at work. We've got this person at school. And it is hard. Like I I really like to acknowledge the humanity of being a Muslim. It is hard. The Sahaba struggled with it. You know, if you you look at their stories, they're not not superhuman. We were talking about it in a halaqa the other night about, about tribalism and about racism. And how and how Bilal radiallahu and he was a black slave. And before Islam, he was the lowest of low. But when Islam came, he became he became one of you know he, everyone's equal. And and there was Abu Dhar who came from a really prestige tribe. And they were talking. It was Abu Dhar and a couple other companions and um and Bilal. And then they were sitting and they were talking about. I think it was like different strategies for war. And Abu Dhar yeah. said something. And then Bilal radiallahu and he 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 disagreed with him and said something else. And then Abu Dhar was like, you too, son of a black woman, you're opposing me. Like his racism, after years of Islam, his racism, his tribalism, his showed. And Bilal radiallahu and he didn't do anything. He got up and then he went to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He said, he said this and that. And then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he called Abu Dhar and he was like, did you say this? And he was like, yes, I did. And then he was like, you know, you're still a man who's got tribalism in you. And, and he was disappointed in him. And then Abu Dhar went straight to Bilal radiallahu anhu and he put his head on the floor and he was like, step on my head, humble me. And then Bilal radiallahu anhu picked him up and he embraced him. Like he's, he apologized for it. But through that incident, not only are we learning about how bad racism and tribalism and all that kind of stuff is, but we're seeing that 
even the Sahaba had their ups and downs and even they faltered. But what they did is like they recognized what they did wrong and then they came they came back to it and they and they learned from their mistakes. And something is an another thing to like keep in mind when we're looking at the seerah and when we're studying it and when we're hearing these stories is like these people they did these mistakes they had these slip-ups so we don't have to we can learn from them not only can we see that they're human and they make their mistakes but we don't have to do what they do to learn the same lesson we can just take the lesson from this story and so when it comes to for example the the glitz and glam of this dunya what the disbelievers are doing or what the non-muslims are doing we see reverts like yourself who come into the deen and they tell us it's not what it is out there trust me it's not worth it and and you guys are showing us but there there's some people that are grateful for that message but there are some people that, that are still like you know what i don't care i need to try it out for myself i need to learn that lesson for myself but little do we know like you could go and do it and that could be the last action that you'll do you could die upon that and i really want to like hear from your experiences on how it's not worth it yeah so the first thing that i like to say is that I always remember that Jahannam is surrounded by glitz and glamours and beautiful things that attract the eye, while Jannah is surrounded by tests, trials, and tribulations. Mm. So that's something I always like to remember. And that just because you say you believe doesn't mean you won't be tested. You're mm. going to be tested just like the people before you. And just to speak to like the dunya, no matter how much you do in the dunya you're always going to want more let's say you want money you're going to get the money then you're going to want something else then you're going to want something else then you're going to want something else your soul will never find peace unless it is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that's just what it is you are never going to be satisfied with the dunya the people who have the whole dunya do you think they're happy no they're all on meds they're all depressed and they all talk about how i have all this money I have all these followers i have all this fame but i hate myself i have suicidal thoughts every day you having the dunya is not going to bring you any type of contentment, any type of love, any type of anything. And I am speaking from firsthand experience. I'm not going to say I've, I've experienced everything of the dunya, but I've experienced quite a bit of it to speak to and to attest that no matter what you get in the dunya, may it be money, may it be fame, may it be whatever, you will not be happy. You won't find any type of solace. You're not going to find anything. Look at any of the people who are famous. You see Kanye West? That man is losing his marbles. He's losing his marbles. And he has the money. He has the fame. He has everything. But that's not going to bring you contentment. You chasing after the dunya is not going to bring you anything but sadness. And it's just going to break you down. And that's not to say, you know, don't get money. Be a bum. Mm. That's not to say don't get a career. That's not to say don't take from the dunya what you can take. But chase the akhirah. Everything that you do, attest it back to Allah. Be like, okay, let's say you're looking for some type of degree. Let's say you're trying to be a teacher. I'm going to be a teacher so I can teach the youth and teach and please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, don't just sit there and think, you know, I just want to make big money. I just want to do this. I just want to do that. And I'm going to be happy. Wallahi, you're not going to be happy with anything in this dunya. You can have the money. You can have the fame. You can have the girls or the men or whatever else they got out there these days. You can have all of it. <laughs> you can have all of it, and you're not gonna you're not gonna find any solace. You're not gonna find any happiness. It's like the first time I ever felt true contentment of the soul is the first time I went down into Sajda. Allah that was the first God. time that I was like, 
my soul feels content. I don't feel happiness. I don't feel glad. I feel contentment. And happiness is something that a lot of people chase in the dunya. Not to say don't be happy, don't chase happiness, but happiness is a fleeting emotion. All of our emotions are fleeting. The only emotion that stays with you is contentment, and you will only get that from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're not going to get anything in this dunya that's going to bring you complete contentment. Not the money, not the fame, not the ladies, not the gents, none of it. None of it is going to bring you happiness. You are still going to be that same depressed person no matter how much money or how much of the dunya you have. And a smart person is going to go out and 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 make mistakes and do whatever. But a wise person will learn from other people's mistakes and listen to what they're saying. So be wise. Don't be hard-headed. Don't, don't go knock your head on the wall and be like, dang, that hurt. Listen to the person who already knocked their head 30 times when they told you it hurts when you knock your head on the wall. <laughs> SubhanAllah, it reminds me of the, um, we had a lesson at the masjid once and the sheikh was like, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, don't do this and you will get this reward from me. But if you go and do it and then you don't do it because you know it's bad, what reward are you seeking from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? It's like, he obviously there's no comparison, but it's like if if you have a kettle that's hot and you tell your child, do not touch it, trust me. Trust me and do not touch it. And the kid doesn't touch it because he trusts you and he knows that what you told them is right. Okay, this is hot. My dad, my mom said, don't touch it. I won't touch it. So that's that's the reason that they stay away from the haram. They stay away from the bad. But if the kid is like, nah, I don't care what you said. I'm going to go and touch it. And then I'll learn that it's hot. It's like once you do that, it's like, what are you saying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Once you have that thing in your mind, it's like, I know this is wrong, but I'm still going to do it because I want to learn from it myself and come I'll come back to it. Like in the end, you're not staying away from it because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told you to do so. You're staying away from it because it hurt you, because you know it's bad for you. And it's like when you do that, that's like, it's like you're, you're playing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're, you're waging a war against him. It's like, I know what you told me is wrong. I know what you told me I shouldn't do, but I'm still going to do it. And then I'll learn from myself. And it's like, when it comes to judgment day, it's like, if you stood away from something, if your intention wasn't to do it for the sake of Allah, it's like, what did you do it for then? It's like, exactly. we know that our actions are judged by our intentions. And it's like, when there is something bad out there, you don't have to do it. You don't have to indulge in it. Like if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says something to stay away from, it is for your own good. He loves us more than our own mother loves us. He loves us more than anything. He is closer to us than our jugular vein. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to be in Jannah. He wants to forgive us. He wants us to be close to him. So when he says, don't do something, don't go and do it and expect, what do you expect from it? Like, do you expect to come back from it all with a, a higher boost of Iman? It's like, oh yeah, okay. Like, did you not trust what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said? Did you not listen when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, do not do this? So when it comes to these things and this dunya, it's like, you don't have to go and indulge in it for you to, because who, who says you're guaranteed that you will have the control to stay away from it? You know, it always starts, starts off with one drink. It always starts off with one text. It always starts off with one smoke. That's what everyone says at the beginning. If you go and do it, who says that you're going to live another day to, to get out of it or to not do it? And it's like, subhanAllah, it's like, we should just stay away from it. Like, it's not worth it. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 not. And as you said, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has our best 
our best things in mind. Like he wants what's best for us. A lot isn't up there looking at us and be like, ha, I finally got you to sin. That's the shaitan. A lot isn't sitting there waiting for you to mess up. He wants what's best for you. He wants you to be there with him in Jannah and be with your family and be with your friends. He made paradise for you. He didn't just make it to to dangle it over your head and be like, ha ha, see what you can't get. <laughs> no, he made it for us, for those who strive for him, for those who listen to him. And obviously it's easier said than done. You know, mm-hmm. we all have our trials. We all have our tribulations. We all are going to slip up. That's in our innate nature. We're going to mess up. We're not perfect. But like for me, I always thank Allah that he brought me to Islam. And before I ever do anything, it's like, I just want to slap a lot in the face and be like, oh, yeah, you bought me this beautiful religion, but I'm going to go do this anyway. I'm going to go hang out with my friends. I'm going to go do X, Y, and Z. It's like every time that you do something, you're telling Allah that I don't care about this religion. I don't value Mm -hmm. my religion. And you can take that away from you in an instant. Mm -hmm. People are deaf, dumb, and blind already. Do you want to be one of the deaf, Mm -hmm. dumb, and blind? No, you don't. And it's like the last dialogue can place that still in your heart and there's nothing you can do about that because you weren't cherishing the religion that he gave you. You didn't take your religion seriously. Mm. And I like now a lot of people just look at it like there's so many things that are haram. Bro, there are only like a handful of things that are haram. <laughs> and the reason why it seems like it's so many things is because we have so much fitna and we have so mm. many on these things Islam didn't come to tell us that we can't have fun and we can't do anything and we can't laugh and we can't joke no but it came to tell us what is best for us mm. and what will hurt us is the haram and something that I always tell myself like before I do anything is like if I know this is haram not only am I displeasing the law but I don't want to die upon this like I'm a person alhamdulillah who thinks about death a lot I think about it a lot when I wake up I'm like okay I may not, I may not survive today. So let me make sure I do my best to please Allah and to get into Jannah. Because we're not gonna get into Jannah by our own actions. We're gonna get into Jannah by the mercy of Allah Subhanahu But that doesn't mean not to put your best foot forward. That doesn't mean not to fight for it. You know. And it, it it literally is a fight. It's a it's an ideological fight. It's a fight in your head. It's a fight against your nefs. And we said this yesterday in our halakha, wage war against your nefs. Mm. Don't give to your desires. We live in a society today where it's like you given you people are slaves to their desires. They're slaves to what they want to do. I want to be happy. I want to be free. I want to do this. I want to do that. Me, 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 I, I, I. That's the society we live in that tells you, if you want to do it, go do it. It's fun. No matter if it's morally wrong, no matter if it's going to hurt you, no matter if it's going blatantly against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we've even taken it a step further and started to justify things Islamically that are haram. Like something that I had like a lot of confusion with was the story of Lut. Mm. Peace be upon it. I didn't know what it was actually about because I saw these people on TikTok that were like, no, the story of Lut is just about rape. No, the story of Lut is just about this. It's okay to be a homosexual. It's okay to act on these desires um, because the story of Lut is not about homosexuality. And even if you were to take that stance, I want to ask you a question. When is it ever halal to see the private parts of another woman? When is it ever halal to see the awrah of anyone that you're not married to even in front of our parents we're supposed to cover a certain part of Mm -hmm. my body so explain to me in the sharia when it is ever allowed to see the private parts of another person that you are not married to Mm -hmm. there is no point even for the doctor it's not allowed to just see your whole body they can only see what they're working on if i'm going in for my arm they can't ask me to strip butt naked you know so 
I just like, I feel like now it's like, not only are we giving in to our desires, but we are trying to justify them Islamically. That's, we that's are the dangerous part. To, we're trying to twist the religion and it's like you're falling into shirk and don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. You're falling into these things and don't even realize it. Or even with um the whole Zodiac thing. I was someone who fell into that. I'm like, oh, I'm a Gemini. My rising is this. My son is this. Blah, 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 blah. All that jibber-jabber. I didn't even realize that that was a form of shirk. I didn't even realize that until I saw a video by um, Ustad Abutemia. I believe it's like um, titled Zodiac Signs or something like that. And I was like, Starshallah, I didn't even know. Like, it's like you fall into so many things and it's like, it's okay to fall. It's okay to mess up. But once you start justifying things Islamically and saying this is okay mm. in the deep, that's when the problem has gone from you're just messing up to now you think these things are okay. Now you think they're morally okay. Mm. And that's where the problem comes in. I feel like a lot of us, we can't really receive knowledge like, the thing about music we all know music is haram some people can't receive that they're like no this is okay it makes me feel good it's this is this is that which is why i say it leads back to i i i me 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 it's what i want we aren't listening you know the people in the sahaba they did much worse things than us they were seeing much worse things than us but they listen and obey mm. we don't listen and obey we listen and then we want to go do research and see Fatwa shopping, fatwa shopping. Is there another? <laughs> yes. Yeah, is there another method that says this is okay? <laughs> do it. Like, bro, just listen and obey, and that's easier said mm. than done. But mm. the reward of it is so much better than the punishment of it. None of us want to be in jahannam. None of us want to do that. It's not some little the fire here that we have is going to burn you. It's going to hurt that fire. I don't want no parts, man. I'm not even. I'm not even trying to. I'm not even playing with that one. I'm not even playing with that. It's like what you said. It's like Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says in the Quran. Like, have you seen those people who take their desires as their ilah, like as their lord? And that exactly. is exactly what is being pushed out today. It's like take your desires as your lord. Do what makes you feel right. And that do example, what do what yeah, makes do you, what you want, Do what makes you feel good. And that example of Prophet Lord Alayhi Salam in the Quran. It's crystal clear. Like there is no way around it. And it's there's a cut. difference. There's a difference between asking out of curiosity and like you being genuine and asking. And the, there's a difference between like trying to explain it in your own words. It's like, it's it's the the Prophet wasallam, He said that if you see something wrong, change it with your hands. And if you can't do that, then change it with your tongue. And then if you can't do either of that, then at least hate it in your heart. And that is the weakest form of iman. The hating it in your heart, it doesn't change anything about the situation. But at least if you hate something in your heart, you won't fall into it. You won't try and justify exactly. it. You won't you won't want to do it. So that's that's the whole point of like when something is wrong, you you should know deep down that it is wrong. You should accept that it is wrong because one, that will protect you from falling into it and that will protect you from trying to change the deen and justify it because maybe someone that you love will try and do those same wrong actions and you'll try and justify it because there's someone dear to you. But wrong is wrong. Haram is haram. And and there's a difference between, for example, if someone is drinking alcohol and they're like, yep, I know this is wrong. I'm struggling with it. Compared to someone who is not drinking alcohol, but saying that go ahead, drinking alcohol is okay. You know, it's not haram. That person who is not drinking it, but saying that that's worse than the person drinking it. 
because at least that person isn't trying to change the words of Allah. He's not trying to change the deen of Allah. And once you accept something and once you're ignorant and you accept, whether whatever it be, may be, in this example, we're talking about alcohol. The example you brought up is the people talking about the people of Lut alayhi salam. For us sisters, it could maybe be hijab. Once you say, for example, that this hijab that I'm wearing, it is right. This is correct. There's no room for improvement. But if you at least acknowledge that whatever you're doing is wrong, at least you can go somewhere. At least you could get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if you're saying your hijab is perfect, can you how can you improve upon it? You need to recognize and it's the biggest, it's the biggest nefs crusher, it's the biggest ego crusher to accept and know that you're wrong. Because if you know that you're wrong, obviously you're gonna want to try and be better. But it's so no one wants to be better. No one wants to make that change. People want to be ignorant to what they're doing. And so that's why this dunya just pulls you in because it tickles and it taps on your ego. It tells you, no, 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 you're, what you're doing is right. Hey, you have good intentions. You do this good thing elsewhere. You do that, you do that. And it, it just doesn't leave you room for improvement and room for growth. But it's if you don't recognize, if you don't at least hate it in your heart, then how can you grow? How can you how can you improve and how can you get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? I always bring up the topic of hijab because it's what's relevant to us. And it's yeah. like we know what we from what we have out there. It's like, for example, when I first started wearing hijab, all I knew was that style where you have no pins, your neck's out and you throw it over the shoulder. As long as your skin is covered, yep. then that's hijab. But then you start yep. learning. It's like, wait a minute, there's more to it. There's there's a proper way to there's wear conditions. it. There's conditions. <laughs> Like when I found out that there were conditions to hijab, I was like, what do you mean conditions? What are you talking about? There aren't any conditions. <laughs> you put it on your head, it covers the hair, and that's it. You're telling me that I can't I can't put on perfume. You're telling me that I can't commit to marriage and wear all these beautiful earrings and dangly braces and all that stuff. You're telling me that's that's a part of the hijab. You're telling me that I have to cover my chest with my hijab? No. 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 <laughs> but like as you said like even hating it in your heart is the weakest of iman and we've mm. dipped below that mm. to the point where we're justifying things mm. we are saying this is okay like there was this video this um jubilee video that came out not too long ago and there was a sister on there who not only was saying that like the people of that story was about like rape and like whatever not only was she saying that it was about loot i mean <laughs> about rape but she was even taking it a step further and saying we should reinterpret the quran mm. what do you mean re reinterpret what exactly <laughs> and it's like we've gone so far past that point of weakest in mind to where now we're justifying it now we're saying oh this is okay this is right live be free da, 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 whatever else type of slogans they got going on like they have a whole month called pride which is mm. one of the worst sins is to be prideful that mm. was that was the sin that iblis committed when mm. Allah went to Allah told him make sajda go into sujood prostrate to my creation that I made with my own hands. If I'm not mistaken, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only made five things with his own hands. And we are one of them. So open the posture. What did Iblis say? Bro, I'm better than him. He's made out right. of clay. He's made out of dirt. I'm made out of fire, okay? I'm not finna... Do you see this? I'm right. better than him. I'm not prostrated to this man. What are you talking about? This, this, this clay dummy. I'm not prostrated to that. No. But it's like now we've even taken a step further from that to we're saying everything is okay. 
not only are you saying it's okay morally you're saying it's okay in the sharia and that's a whole different type of problem because as you said once you start justifying things once you start saying they're uh, they're okay there is no room for improvement not only is there any there's not any room for improvement now the shaitan has kind of blinded you to think that you are on the right path that what you're doing is okay and that's like a whole different ballpark of you committing a sin and you knowing that it's wrong in your heart that's like a that's like i don't even know what kind of ballpark mm. you're in you're not even playing the game anymore we're not we're not even playing baseball anymore you're you're, Shaitan, you're Shaitan's not working Shaitan's not even working in, on you anymore it's like done i've done he's my job he's like halas this girl is gone off the rails i don't even have to bother her anymore because <laughs> it's if... like as we mentioned with the, with the hijab there's so much discourse going around the hijab oh is it wajib is it this is it that bro we know that hijab is wajib for men and women we have different types of hijab but we know it's wajib we know we know what it is and it's like we're trying to to change Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's religion as you said this is not my religion to change this is not it's not my deen to change this is the the deen of Allah and for you to try and change it you're only going to bring something bad because Islam is perfect and it's like we've gone so far astray to the point where I don't even know like I don't even know what to say say like once you start like justifying things and saying they're okay Islamically I don't even know what to say to you to try and get you back onto the right path because now at this point you're deaf dumb and blind you can't hear you can't see your heart's been closed off to it and it's like people now like they don't want to listen we don't like being told no Mm. you can't do something because the society that we live in, again, is telling you everything that you want to do is okay. Your desires are okay. It's even to the point where before I deleted TikTok, it was a video of this woman and she was like, oh, you can't call people pedophiles anymore. You have to call them minor attracted people because it's a sexuality. Uh-huh. Excuse me? I'm telling you, there's, there's no end. There's no end. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us because you never know what we could fall I mean, into. <laughs> I mean, because it's like, now you're justifying pedophiles like it started off as something small it started off with okay we can marry the same sex we can do whatever then it turned into i can be a gender bender and i can be whatever i can be non-binary i can be a girl a boy a it a day a we a he a she like whatever i don't even know <laughs> and then it's, now we're at the step for, like the furthest step to me well, not even the furthest to where now we're just playing pedophilia. What's next? Are we going to say it's okay to have sex with animals? Like, what's next? What's yeah. next? Like, the way you start justifying one thing, or we have a saying in the Black community if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. And mm. that's exactly what's happening. If you won't stand on your dean and say, this is my dean, I'm not going to apologize about it. This is what Allah said, I'm not going to apologize about it. Now we're trying to like sugarcoat the religion. Like, oh, no, 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 no. Islam doesn't say that. No, 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 no. It's not that. We're not terrorists. We're not this. Why do you have to appease these people? Mm. They're going to have their thoughts regardless of what you say no matter how much you try to contort and twist islam they're going to have their thoughts towards it why are you trying to water down the deen the deen is what it is this is haram i don't agree with this i'm not saying that we have to go out and like hurt people or anything like that 
but I don't have to agree with you. It's like we live in a society where you can't disagree with people. Mm. You can't say, no, I don't agree with this. Now you're labeled a bigot. Now you're homophobic. Now you're conservative. Now you're this. Now you're that. It's like, bro, I have my ideals just like you have your ideals. I'm not going to label someone. Exactly. You have your deen and I have my deen. We're not, I'm not going to label someone Islamophobic just because they say they don't believe in Islam. That's not Islamophobia. That would be an incorrect use of the word. Just like today, if you don't agree with homosexuality, you're a homophobe. That's not what that means. You guys don't know the definitions of the words that you're using. And now you kind of just sound dumb to me because you're just using words. I could just say words too. If that's what we're going to do, if we're just going to do bottle of the words, let's just say stuff then. Like elephant, (laughs) elephant, horse, shoe. Like, (laughs) let's just say stuff. But it's like, even now, like we all have our Dean. We all worship something. You don't have to put your head on the ground to worship something. We all worship something. May that be money. May it be your desires. May it be whatever. We all worship something. And it's to the point where people are worshiping their nefs, which is why I push so hard to wage war against your nefs. Don't all, you are not the it all be all. You don't know what's best. I'm sorry to tell you, but you don't know everything. You are not the most knowledgeable knowledgeable person in the world. You don't know everything. You don't have all the answers. And I know people hate to hear that these days, but you are not God. You are not an Elah. You don't know everything. It's okay to sit down and listen and have someone tell you what to do because you don't know what's best. Not even someone, Allah. It's like you don't want to take what Allah is giving you. And he gave us a mercy with Islam. And now... It's like we hate our religion. Subhanallah, it's 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 hard out there. And the Prophet وسلم, he told us, he said that towards the end of time, holding onto your deen was would be as if you were holding onto hot coal. And I don't know if any of you have tried to like hold hot coal, but it's hard. It's hard, no. and it's like I've tried. <laughs> good because it's hard. <laughs> Accidentally caught her once, but I have no idea why. But Alhamdulillah, because now I can actually think of this idea that it is hard to hold on to your religion. And yes, there's this liberalism out there. Then there's these, this this homosexuality out there, and it's like I feel like the youth are the most susceptible, and even the older people as well, because everyone is trying to fit in everyone's trying to fit into this dunya and they're trying to be comfortable and they're trying to please people but it comes back yep. to the hadith where um the prophet sallallahu says that whoever seeks allah's pleasure at the displeasure of people not only will allah be pleased with him but he will also make the people pleased with him as well. he'll make the people love him but if one person goes out there trying to please the people while displeasing allah not only will allah be displeased with him but he will also make the people displeased with him as well. So it's like, if you, like, no matter how hard you try to please the people around you, at the expense of your own din, at the expense of displeasing Allah, you'll never win, nor will they ever be happy with you. And you've also just lost Allah's pleasure in you as well. So if you focus on pleasing Allah, if you focus on holding onto your din, regardless, regardless of who was against you and who was for you, if you hold on to your din and if you know it, and it all comes back to education, it all comes back to edu- how can you how can you fight for something or how can you hold on to something if you don't know its worth? How can you agree exactly. with something? How can you follow something if you don't know what's good or if you don't know what's bad? It all comes back to learning your deen. And the easiest way to go is just reading the Quran every single day. Have a connection with the words of Allah, the same words that were revealed to the angel, Jibra'il alayhi. Jibra- can you say alayhi salam? I think you can say alayhi salam for the angel. So, yeah. 
to Jibrahil alayhi salam and then to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Those exact words that he he recited and the Sahaba wrote and memorized, they're the exact same words that we have on our bookshelf. If we have that connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every day, if you hold on to your prayers, regardless if you're feeling them or if you're not feeling them, if it's heavy or if it's light, if you're at a man high or if you're at an iman low, if you hold on to your at least your fard prayers and you maintain a daily relationship with the Quran, even if it's one ayah a day, one page a day, one surah a day, or even if you just get up the strength to make wudu, open the mushaf and close it, just have some sort of connection with the words of Allah, then, then this, it will be easier easier to navigate through this dunya. Remember how at the beginning we said that if you focus on the akhirah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring forth your affairs in this dunya. If you focus yes. on that, it will be easier for you to navigate through this dunya and you'll have some sort of grounding. Because as you said, if you stand for nothing, you fall for everything. You need to know exactly. why you're standing for Islam. You need to be proud in being a Muslim because these people are proud of their ignorance. They're proud of their wrongdoings. They're proud they have a whole of month the, called pride. They have a whole <laughs> month called pride going against what they're doing. And it's like, if they can be proud of their wrong, why can't we be proud of our good? We need to be proud as Muslims. And that pride of being a Muslim, that's the good pride. That's the pride that yeah, we're allowed. Yeah, that's a good we're pride allowed to be like. happy that we're Muslim. <laughs> and when it comes to, you know, when it comes to when it comes to dunya matters, people's expenses, people's status, always look at people below you so you're humble. This is what the Prophet ﷺ told us. But when it comes to our deen, look at people who are above us. Race with people to Jannah. And so when it comes to it, be proud of being a Muslim and always try and step by step, step by step. You know, Allah ﷻ loves the deeds that are small and consistent more than the one-off ones. Because he knows if you do the one-off ones, it's that's salamu alaykum. That's the first and last time we're going to see you. But if you yep. do the small, consistent deeds, at least you're building upon something daily. As I said, you know, maybe you'll try and read an ayah a day, but one day you can't. So at least if you just open the mushaf and close it, then at least you've had some sort of, it's not much, but it is still something and you're not going backwards. So when it comes to all these people and all these people saying this and, you know, they're trying to push their, their, their values and their ideas and morals on us and it's constantly changing. You'll never, ever, ever mm -hmm. be able to keep up with it. Don't try and dilute the deen. Know your Please. deen and still try and navigate through it because when it comes to, when we were talking at the beginning, you know, navigating through this dunya and it's not worth it, two things that really, really, really just, just click it in my head. I want to make this an artwork and just stick it on my forehead is just know that the angels are writing. The angels are writing every single second. You think if no one sees you, Allah sees you. The angels are writing. Every good that you do, every bad that you do, the angels are writing. Just know that there are two angels by your side writing down every single deed. And on the day of judgment, you will receive the book. If you Whatever you did is written. And even if you on that day testify saying that, no, I didn't do that, your own skin, your own legs, your own feet, your own hand will testify against you. So just know that the angels are writing and Allah is watching. And also the second one is this hadith of the Prophet wasallam, where he says, I lost all appetite for this dunya when I saw the angel Israfil with his lips puckered to the, to the trumpet. And just turning his head, looking at Allah. And he doesn't even blink just in case he misses the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The angel, this is when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went up to the, when he went on the night journey and the ascension, when he went up to the heavens and he saw Israfil. This is 1400 years ago. 
since the, uh, <laughs> that angel has been still there, sitting there still, still sitting, sitting there with his eyes lips, locked on Allah eyes locked on Allah lips pocket to the to the to the um to the mouthpiece of the trumpet and when that trumpet blows everything on this earth everything on this dunya is gone it's dunya that you're chasing is is gone it's by done. the by the blow of a prompt the, the blow of the trumpet it's just everything is gone we're all gone and we're just as certain as you are that you are listening to this that we are talking to each other be certain that that day will come where we will get our books where we will meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we will be judged and according to that judgment we will either go to an eternal jannah an eternal jannah will be reunited with her loved ones we will see the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam will be reunited with the slaves we'll be like yo musa like did you really split the sea was that was that you <laughs> We'll see all this, everyone. <laughs> we'll see all this stuff. We'll meet all these people and, and you'll live there forever. And every single day is greater than the next day. You think you've reached one peak of happiness. As soon as you bite into a fruit of Jenny, you'll think that's the best bite. And then you bite again into the same oh, fruit. Oh and that bite will be even better. And that Jenna, there's no stress. There's no, there's no sadness. There's no suffering. It's just eternal, eternal, eternal peace, contentment, and happiness. Or... You go to Jahannam. It's it's all up to you. It's all up to us and our actions. And in Jahannam, you're 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 drinking hot water. You're 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 burning, and and your flesh is as soon as your flesh is completely burned, then you get new flesh for that to be burnt again. And that's can eternal eternal burning and suffering. And someone I remember watching this video. It's like how could a just and loving God create hellfire? And the answer of the sheikh was, and the answer of the sheikh was like, how could you pick hellfire over a just and loving God? It's like exactly. we're the ones that we have a choice. If we have the choice in this dunya, but we're chasing this dunya at the expense of our akhirah, and you will not be successful. In the end, it's you pick what you want to do. You pick where you want to go. No, oh, I have so much to say, but I can't <laughs> even think of it right now. But man, it's like people worship the dunya. People run after it, chase after it. But when it comes to the deen, too tired to get up for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't feel like reading Quran. I don't feel like doing this. But you get up and go to work every day, whether you want to or not. You get you up go to school. You, you do those assignments every day. You do those assignments. You do that homework. You do all of it. But when it comes to the dean, it's mm, later. I got time later. It's always later, 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 and later never comes. And obviously, it gets hard sometimes, man. It gets hard. But just like you'll fight for something else. Fight for your deen. I said mm. this in the Holocaust. These days you blow on someone and they leave the religion. You, and they're like, no, 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 no. And they up and leave. But when I think about the Sahaba and I think about the Prophet something that really came out of this era is I got to see how much they went through and how much they mm. fought for us to have Islam on a platter. It's on a platter for us. It's right there, served up for you, hot and ready. And they die for it. They fought for it. They went through so much for this deen. And we can't even we can't even have a conversation with someone and be like, no, this is what I believe and that's mm-hmm. it. Without feeling like we're doing something wrong. It's like these days, we have no no pride in our Islam. We have no, we have nothing. It's just like Islam for us is just like not even anything. It's just like, yeah, I'm a Muslim, whatever. It's like a second thought to you. And do you want to be a second thought to Allah? 
that's always how I think about it. Like when I wake up and my alarm goes off of my gym, I'm like, oh, I don't feel like getting up. I don't want a lot to do that. I don't feel like talking to you. Mm. Be gone. I don't want to disrespect Allah spent Allah's deen and he disrespects me. I don't want to forget about Allah's deen and he forgets about me. And that's that's kind of the mindset that I have. Like when it's time for every prayer, I'm like, am I going to answer this call of Allah or am I going to ignore him? That way he'll ignore me on the day of Qiyamah. I don't want that. I don't want Allah spent Allah to look at me and be like, I don't want that. I don't want that. I want Allah to, Allah to greet me with salams. I want him to be proud of me. I want to go up to the prophet and drink out of his hands and him be happy. <laughs> I don't want him to look at me and see my marks of wudu. And Allah Allah tells him, no, this is the one who accepted your religion and mm. they turned away from you. And he says, be gone mm. from me. I don't want to be one of those people. I want to be one of those who can run up to the prophet and hug him and drink from his hands and be like, I followed you. I followed you. I listened to you. <laughs> You know, I want to be one of those who gets there and they're proud. They're like, look at my deeds. Look at me. I want to be one of those who is happy to look at their deeds. Not one of those who gets it behind their back and their left hand and they're like, oh, man. Oh, man, I done screwed up. <laughs> I don't want to be one of those, man. I want to be, inshallah, one of those people who can have my head, my head held high when I get my book and be like, look, look, you want to see it? You want to read it? Look, oh, look at what I did. You know, I want to be someone who has pride in the way that I live in my life, not someone who was ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. And I always say that like, we today, it's like we, we don't really love our religion. You say you love Allah and everything you do goes against it. You can say something with your tongue, but what are your actions saying? Mm. Are your actions saying that you love Allah? Are your actions saying that you love his prophet Muhammad No, your actions are saying the exact opposite. So I like to be very conscious of like what I'm doing. Everything that I do is either pleasing Allah or it's going against them. Everything that I'm doing is either going to be a good deed or a bad deed. There is no in-between deed. We don't have an angel in the middle who writes down our middle deeds you know they're either good or they're bad and like I said these days everyone is like so proud of what they're doing they're proud to go against Allah they're at the point where they're like bring on the hellfire I'm going to hell so what so what so what what do you mean so what there is no so what and what I learned about like the different punishments for different deeds like there was one punishment I can't even remember what it was for but it's like you'll get a hook put in your mouth and they'll rip your face from across. Do you want to experience that? No, you don't. And it's like, for me, I know some people, like, they get their um, their iman boost from hearing about the akhirah. I get my iman boost from hearing about jahannam. When I hear about those punishments, when I hear about jahannam being ready to pounce on anyone who disobeyed Allah, I'm like, nah, bro, I can't, I, 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 I can't do that. I can't do that one. I'm not like these people today who are like, oh, I can, I can withstand Jahannam. Are you sure? Are you positive? There's a, there's a, there was reminding that reminded me of like there was a talk and um in the in the Quran there's this ayah that describes this man that just got a whiff of Jahannam. Like you know when you close the door and you just get a bit of that wind, he just got that whiff and then he was like like woe to me I'm in the deepest part of hellfire, 
He thought the whiff of Jahannam, like from, you know, like when you close the door, that, that yeah. little wind, that little whiff, he thought he was in the deepest parts of hell. Like, man, I'm in the deepest part. I didn't mess up. That's just a whiff. Subhanallah. It's, and then there's people who are like, yeah, I can go to Jahannam for a bit. Like, oh my God. And that all comes back to knowledge. Well, like, it all comes back. I don't, I don't blame them because they don't know, but you need to know as a Muslim, you need to read the Quran. Just go read Juz Amma. Juz Amma is all about the hereafter. And that's, that's, that's how you like strengthen your Iman. As you said, you know, your, your Iman booster is hearing about Jahannam and, and yes, that is fear, but a believer, one one wing of our, like we're like a bird and like one wing is um, hope and, and mercy and one wing is fear. You can't fly without one yeah. or the other. You can't survive without the other and you can't be successful without both of them. And if you don't have one of them, you fall. And if you have none of them, then you fall, fall, fall. <laughs> it's like yeah, you need fall, to... fall, fall, fall. <laughs> fall, 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 like double fall. <laughs> you need to have both the here, the fear and, and hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for you to be successful in the hereafter. Like the yeah. the stories aren't they just there for the disbelievers? They're for us as well. Like when you read stuff in the Quran about disbelievers and hypocrites and people who do this and do that, don't don't separate yourself from it. For example, if you're reading the story of Yusuf alayhi salam and then his brothers were jealous and chucked him in the world, it's like I'm a Yusuf. Everyone everyone abandons me. It's like nah, man, you could be the brothers as no, well. You for might your be actions. them brothers. <laughs> it's like don't don't disassociate yourself you from have this. To be honest with yourself. I feel like a lot of us like we always think, oh, I'm the best person. I'm the best. This, I'm the best that I'm good at this I'm good at that but you have to be honest with yourself you have to be self-critical as Muslims you have to be self-critical you have to be able to look at yourself and be like I need to improve on this man I need to do better on this man you have to be honest if you can't even be honest with yourself you, you're not going to get anywhere in life you're not going to get anywhere you have to be honest with yourself be honest with what you need to get better with and inshallah it'll get better you know make dua for it and have certainty in that dua don't just make dua and be like he's not gonna care no have certainty in that dua you mm -hmm. made have certainty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala heard you and he will answer sometimes your answer is no answer sometimes that's the answer you may be thinking oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't hear me no he answered his answer was silence just like sometimes if someone asks me a question I'll look at them and I won't say anything my answer is silence <laughs> that's my answer and sometimes silence is the best of answers that's that would give me more than anything and as I was saying before, it's like, we have no certainty in our deen. We have no knowledge, which is why I wanted to start a podcast and why I wanted to like push sisters to seek knowledge. And you don't have to go to Yemen. You don't have to. Shout out Khadija Speaks podcast coming soon. <laughs> inshallah, inshallah. But it's like, I want sisters to seek knowledge. And you don't have to go to Yemen. You don't have to go to Egypt to seek knowledge. You can do it in your in your room we have the internet we have everything right on your phone man right on your phone it's right there you don't always even if you don't have money you can still seek knowledge there are so many videos so much beneficial knowledge out there for us and you just have to seek it don't and also don't just seek the knowledge implement it mm. that's the thing you can't just seek it and have and it's stored in your head no implement it spread it have it in your actions don't just have it in a little vote for yourself spread it Spread the knowledge, even if it's just what I am that you know and that you are certain of, spread it. I'm not the most knowledgeable person, but I can speak with certainty in the things that I say because I know, I know this. I may not know everything, but I know this and I can speak with certainty about this thing. Your thing may be the Quran. You may know the Quran back to front. My thing may be the Hadith. I may know them back to front. You know, we all have different things that we're going to be good at. We all have different things that we're going to have. And inshallah, there'll be something heavy on our scales. But we have to. We have to be better. 
We have to love our deen. We have to love Allah. And we have to love it more than you love making that money. You have to love it more than you love your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your Z friend or whatever. More than you love the makeup and all of that. You have to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more. And when you do, exactly. And when you have that actual love, it's different. And I used to like, I used to always hear people say, fear Allah, fear Allah, fear Allah. But I didn't know what fear Allah was. And I had someone explain it to me. It's like, you wouldn't do certain things in front of your mother. Not because you're like physically afraid of her, but because you don't want her to see you in a certain light. And you don't want her to see you doing certain things because you don't want to disappoint her. And that is what having fear of Allah Allah is. You don't want to disappoint him. You don't want to go against him. It's not like always like physically just being afraid you know because how can you fear someone that much and love them like you hear fear Allah fear Allah fear Allah but you never hear love Allah have taqwa of Allah you know you never hear these types of things so for me I kind of just had to take a step back and be like bro because I found myself kind of trying to justify Islam to other people being like oh no 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 Islam doesn't say oh no 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 it says that but it's only in this type of thing yeah it Mm -hmm. says that you you do this type of punishment but it's only with this and like bro the deen is the deen Mm. it's there regardless of what you try to say how you try to promote it how you try to twist it the deen is the deen this is not your deen to change it's it is what it is you know and like i said everybody has pride in what they're doing everyone is so proud to disobey allah they scream it from the mountaintops and that's not even exaggeration <laughs> they scream it from the mountaintops they love the stuff that they're doing why do we as muslims have to be so small and so quiet why can't we say anything why can't we have certainty in our deen it's like we have to shut up you don't have to shut up you can say what you want, obviously in a certain way, because you might get sued. <laughs> Just quote the scripture. Quote the scripture. <laughs> exactly. Quote the scripture, as Abu Tavia said. They can't. They can't come against you if you're quoting the scriptures. This ain't what I said. These ain't my words. These are the, these are the words of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And even like with the Christians, you see them holding on to their deen. You see them being labeled as conservatives, as bigots, as Bible thumpers, or whatever else. But they hold on to their deen. They're going to say, no, we don't agree with homosexuality. No, we don't agree with transgenderism or whatever else they got going on. No, we don't agree with X, Y, and Z because this is my religion. But us as Muslims, as soon as someone says, oh, I'm homosexual and this is what I believe in, you, uh, you know, Islam goes against it. But me personally, I don't, I don't go against it. I don't have anything against you it. You can't say that. You can't say that. What the deen says is what you say. What the how the dean feels about it, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala feels about it, is how you feel about it. There is no separation. Yeah, mm. the dean says this, but this is how I feel. This is what I say. No, there is no separation of it. The dean says this, this is what I feel. Even if it's not what you feel, say that's what you feel because that's what you should feel. Enjoying the good, forbid the evil. I can't sit here and say, Yeah, and look at Aaron, it says that you know, alcohol is, is haram. But me personally, I don't have anything against alcohol. Mm that makes no sense that doesn't make sense you're confusing people and now especially in the u.s people are confused because you have imams you have sheikhs who are saying oh homosexuality we don't agree with it morally but we agree with it politically what does that even mean Mm. what does that even mean you're confusing the people you're you're not giving people definite answers you're confusing them you can't say i agree with something politically but i don't agree with it morally what does that even mean I don't even know what that means. I can't even explain that to you. <laughs> and it's like, our dean here has been so watered down. Like, if you were to go to a university, wallahi, you would 
it would be hard to find a sister who doesn't have the LGBTQ panel on her or a sister who doesn't have something who is supporting something that goes blatantly against Islam. It's like now we are like forced to accept everybody else's being. But you want to accept the being of Allah. Mm. Exactly. You want to accept everything that everybody else says, but you want to be quiet when it comes to Islam. And people bring up the things and like i said it all comes back to knowledge we are mm. we are ignorant when it comes to our deed and ignorance isn't a bad thing it just means you don't know ignorance and dumb are two different things <laughs> you're ignorant when it comes to your deed you don't know so therefore you don't have those like i think of it like a tree there is no big tree that you see that doesn't have deep roots mm. you have to have roots you have to you have to have knowledge of your deed before you can just go out and and be able to withstand this dunya because it is meant to tempt you. It is meant to to bring you away from it. And one thing I will also say is when shaitan is coming from you, from this side, from this side, from the bottom, that means you're doing good. If he's mm. coming at you from every angle, he's not going to come at someone who, who he's already got. He's not going to try and change the opinion of someone who he's already got in his grasp. He's coming for the believers. But he's coming everywhere except for up, because that's where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. Mm-hmm. So I would just say that be proud in your deen, man. It's not worth it. Don't give up your deen for, for feminism or socialism or anything like that. We don't need feminism in Islam. We don't need it. We don't need it. We have our deen. Our deen has given us all the rights that we need. We don't need feminism. We don't need the red pill. We don't need any of these innovations that people are having. It's like I've seen so many of the sisters specifically fall into feminism. Do you think they're fighting for your rights? Hmm. Do you think they care about you as a Muslim? Like, let's be honest. Feminism is for white women. That's whose rights they're fighting for. They're not fighting for the women of color. They aren't fighting for hijabi women who enjoy being hijabis or Nakabi women who enjoy being Nakabis. No, they're going to tell you, you need to take that off. You need to be free. They aren't fighting for your rights. They're fighting for their ideas and what they think is right. We don't need that in Islam. Allah Allah gave us everything that we need. We don't need any innovations. We don't need to add or take away. And if you are having a problem with accepting something, it's most likely a problem in your mind. And I'm speaking to myself first before I'm saying it to anyone. This is a reminder to myself first before it's a reminder to anyone. Because I don't want anyone to hear and be like, oh, she thinks she's better than anybody. Mm. No, I'm reminding myself first. I'm talking to myself before I'm talking to anybody else. This needs, like, we need to be firm in our deen we need to have that certainty of Allah we need to have that certainty because there are only two things that are for certain there's one thing that's for certain in this life you're gonna die that's the only certainty and the only certainty of the next life is that Kiyama will come that trumpet will be blown everything will come to an end everything will be gone all the angels will be gone and Allah is gonna ask who's here where are your gods where are your Elias? Where are the statues that you worship? Where are they? Where are they? They won't be there. It's only going to be Allah. So have, have that certainty in your deen. Seek that knowledge. And it's easier said than done, as we said in the beginning. But have that certainty. Mm-hmm. Don't try and contort the deen and make it small. Don't try to make yourself small. You deserve to take up space. It's okay. 
it's okay to have different opinions. This world, we're not going to be in some kumbaya and we all agree to everything. That's not what this world is. We're all going to disagree on things. That's just what it is. It's okay to disagree. It's okay to have a different opinion. It's okay to hold on to your deen. And even if even if these people come against you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always there. And something that I always remember is like the story of Sunaya. The way that she was beaten and hurt and the way that she died. Could you imagine an arrow being in your in your private area and that's how you die? But alhamdulillah, she was the first martyr of Islam. And she immediately, immediately, she's going to be in Jannah. Why? Because she held on to what she believed. She didn't break in those final moments. They, the Sahaba went through so much more than we did. Look at what he went through. Our own Prophet wasallam. look at how much he went through. Look at how much the people turned against him and how they despised him and lied on him and came up with all these different things against him. It happened to every single Prophet. It happened to every single one. They didn't have some lavish, beautiful life where no one bothered them and no one said anything. No, people came against them. People fought them. People hurt them. That's what it is. That's what it means to be a believer. And you're going to have to fight for anything in this dunya. You'll fight for your education. You'll fight for that spouse that you want. You'll fight for that money that you want, but you won't fight for the deen. Mm. That makes no sense. It's like, where are our priorities? Where are your priorities, man? As you said, it all comes back to knowledge. And I think that's a beautiful way to end it as well. It's just start start getting into spaces. Start, you know, if you don't know where to start anyway, just start with the Quran. Like, you know, there is no fault in that. Just... You know, if you can't even read Arabic, if you can't understand Arabic, just go on YouTube, type in Surah 1, Surah 2, Surah 3, listen to it in Arabic and read it in English and just at least understand. Start with the Quran, start with the Sunnah and just know, you need you need to know about your deen to be proud of it. And just remember, if you chase the Akhirah, your dunya will be good and your Akhirah will be successful. You chase the dunya, you'll lose the Akhirah and you'll be a loser in this dunya. Never please people at the expense of displeasing Allah. If you focus on pleasing Allah, then the people will be pleased with you as well, even if they were displeased with you at the start. It's like the Prophet ﷺ, they've told us this. And as we said from the start, it's easier said than done. But at least we know that these are the facts of life. You know, these things that the Prophet ﷺ has taught us, these things that Allah ﷻ has revealed to us in the Quran, when he tells us that truly, only in my remembrance will the hearts find peace. Know that only when you remember Allah, you will find peace, you will find contentment. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that those that are far away from my remembrance, they will live the depressed life. These are the things that are certain. These are the things that we know 100% for sure. No ifs, no buts, no coconuts. We know this stuff. We know this stuff. There's no two ways like of that. going about it. We know this stuff. So let's try and embody this stuff. Not only that, if you want the dunya, if you want the money, if you want the love of the people, get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because that's the only way that you're going to get it. All these celebrities and all these people, you see how quickly we change our opinions of them? You see how quickly we'll just say, Allah, F this person, they're a bad person? That's because they are not rooted in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not rooted in Allah, which is why I say make sure you have those, mm. those roots Make sure you have those roots. There is no big, beautiful tree that you see that doesn't have deep, strong roots. And it all starts, again, with knowledge. Knowledge. It, knowledge college. Knowledge college. <laughs> it all starts with knowledge. And as I said before, if you want this dunya, chase the akira. 
and you'll get both. But if you chase this dunya, you're going to lose both. You're not going to have a good life in the dunya. You sure as heck ain't going to have a good life in the akhirah. Not even the akhirah. You're not going to have a good life in, in the grave. Absolutely. We talked about, um, I can't remember the name of it. It's I think it's called Baratza or something the barza, like that. The barza. Yes, yes. Which is basically from the moment you die to the moment that Kiyama starts. Your judgment day starts as soon as you pass. Mm. soon as you pass it's already started for you and people have already it's forgotten about you as soon as you're dead you're not even referred to as your name so they're like bring the body bury the body wash the body it's like even your name is stripped from you straight away so it's like it's not worth it as we said it's not worth it and all those people you tried to please in the dunya they're gonna forget you mm. and it's a hard reality but we're all gonna be forgotten you won't be forgotten by allah Mm. Allah will never turn against you. He will never discredit you. He will never embarrass you as long as you are following him and you're making sure that you're doing what you're supposed to do. Allah will reward you from it. It's a promise. It's a promise. Allah made that promise to us. And mm. when has he ever broken any promise? Never. He made that promise for us. If you seek him, he will seek you. If we walk towards him, he's going to come running towards us. Allah if you put a hand out for him, he's going to put an arm out for you. Allah is there for you. Nobody else is there for you. Nobody else is going to care for you the way that Allah cares for you. Nobody else is going to give you that kiyama. You know, you're not going to get that, that goodness on the day of kiyama from anyone but Allah. Mm. There is no intercessor. There is no person that you can pray to and be like, ah, help me out with Allah. No, the fears of Allah are only with Allah. Mm. There's no one who can help you. Your righteous friend, she's not going to help you. Your righteous mother isn't going to help you. That person who you're trying to please isn't going to help you. And even when you try to please the people, you will never please the people. Why? Mm. Because everybody wants something different. Mm. Our opinions sway from one day my favorite color is blue, the next way it's orange. You can never please the people. You will never please the people. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you can please him. He never changes. He's consistent. He's been consistent for all of these years. He's the only consistent thing. So just make sure that you're putting your akhirah first. And I know it's hard because it's not It's not here. It's not in our face, you know? It's not It's not tangible to us yet. It seems like it's It's. It's not there. We only go by what, by what we see. But the unseen is there too. Allah is there whether you can see him or not he sees you his angels are there writing down everything that you're doing so make sure you're doing everything in your ability to attain that jannah we all want jannah two for those man we want the highest level inshallah we want to be there with our people I want to be there with Raz I want to see her a fair man I want to give her a good big old hug I want to see our prophets I want to see all of the prophets before him Peace be upon all of them. I want to be up there chilling in my green gown, eating good, living good. Like, can you imagine being able to talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Can you imagine being able to see him? Can you imagine that? Like, it, it, it brings tears to my eyes just thinking about it. And it's not even here yet. So make sure that you're fighting for the akhirah the way you're fighting for this dunya. Even more, even more. Remember our name, Striving Uchtis. <laughs> Striving Uchtis. <laughs> I like that name. I don't yeah. know who came up with it. But Jazakallah khair to them, man. Inshallah. Jazakallah khair and sis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you immensely. And inshallah, this was of benefit. Just 
just it's hard this dunya is hard holding on to your religion is like holding on to hot coal trust me we're all struggling don't look at anyone else and think that they're not they're not struggling we all have our struggles and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us steadfast the only person you can ask for help is is from Allah be sincere in your du'as seek strength from Allah seek repentance from Allah ask Allah for everything and anything and inshallah through you learning about it you can at least advocate for the deen you can be proud of your deen because then that's when you'll be able to practice it to its fullest May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you all. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you, Sister Khadija, for joining me. Ameen. Inshallah, we'll hear from you soon again. But from right now, it's Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, everyone.